and inspire you. Happy homecoming, fam. Well, don't come here. Don't come home. So maybe really stay home. So I guess it's more like a happy stay homecoming. <laughs> St. Paul has been a firm foundation for so many years. And in these times, especially, having a safe place, a firm foundation matters more than ever. What do you stand on when you're all by yourself? What you've learned in the word and in community. So let's thank God for St. Paul Baptist Church and our very own Pastor Scott. For everyone who's connected with us via Facebook, the church website, or YouTube, join us in the chat boxes so that our Digi Ministers can engage with you in worship and have prayer with you. Also, invite others to join you in online worship with us, but try not to create your own watch group. And now, let's enter into worship. When the clock hits zero, our summer Sunday worship will begin. And stay tuned after service for our upcoming announcements regarding what's happening with St. Paul. Amen. Amen. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. We want to welcome you to St. Paul as far as this particular Sunday is concerned. It is homecoming Sunday and we thank God for the wonderful opportunity to be able to celebrate another homecoming. Although this year it is very, very different in the sense that we have to do it virtually, we thank God nevertheless for this wonderful opportunity. Hey, listen, for those of you all that are checking us out at home, first of all, I want to thank you all for wherever you may be. I need you to do me this favor. If you would, check out what's going on as far as your timeline is concerned. If you would, go to your uh, Facebook Live page. If you would, forward this to your network. For those that are watching us YouTube, if you would, uh, forward that link as far as your uh, friends and family are concerned so that they can join in with us. And if you're watching us as far as our website is concerned, we thank God for you. I'm going to ask that uh, Reverend Marco McNeil, he's going to come and lead us as far as our worship experience is concerned. Do me a favor, put your hands together and let's celebrate our God at this time. Come on, put your hands together. I know that we're in this virtual format, but last time I checked that the psalmist said, praise the Lord, praise his mighty firmament, praise his acts, praise his excellent greatness, praise him with the sound of the trumpet, praise him with the lute and harp. And he ended that song by saying, let everything that have breath praise the Lord. Now, if you're watching me, that's telling me that you got breath in your body, so come on with us and praise the Lord in this virtual experience. Please join with us as we sing our morning hymn, Revive Us Again.
Amen. Revive us again. Join me in our scripture reading this morning from the 85th Psalm, beginning with the third verse. I'm reading from the New King James Version, and it gleans these words. You have taken away all your wrath. You have turned from the fierceness of your anger. Restore us, O God of our salvation, and cause your anger toward us to cease. Will you be angry with us forever? Will you prolong your anger to all generations? Will you not revive us again? That your people may rejoice in you? Show us your mercy, Lord, and grant us your salvation. I will hear that God, the Lord, will speak. For he will speak his peace to his people and his saints. But let them not turn back to folly. Surely his salvation is near for those who fear him, that glory may dwell in our land. For mercy and truth have met together. Righteousness and peace has kissed. The truth shall spring out of the earth and righteousness shall look down from heaven. Yes, the Lord will give what is good and our land will yield its increase. Righteousness will go before him and shall make his footsteps our pathway. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Bow your heads with me in a moment of prayer. Eternal and everlasting God, we thank you for allowing us to see another sunrise on this great Sunday morning. For we know that things definitely could have gone another way. But God, we thank you right now, even if we have not said thank you when we opened our eyes this morning. Thank you, oh God. We are here beckoning your presence. We know that your presence was with us all throughout the night and even in this moment. Now God, manifest yourself so not only that we know that you're with us, but we may feel that you're with us. We thank you for allowing us into this space. We count all of this done. In the name of Jesus, we pray. And we say a collective, amen.
Amen, amen, amen. Come on, put your hands together wherever you may be. Give God praise. Amen, amen. I will sing praises unto you. You can do that at your at your home. You can do that in your kitchen. You can do that on in the living room. You can do that while you exercise. Amen. Do me one more favor, if you would. Give God praise wherever you may be for who God is and for what God is doing. This is, this is Homecoming Sunday and we're doing things a little bit differently today. Um, I just want to come before you. Of course, we will not have an impact moment at this time because there are several things I want to share with you and I need to share with you as we move forward as far as the Word of God is concerned. Get my sound right. Uh, at this particular time, I'm going to uh, make a presentation as far as talking about what has transpired over the last uh, few days when it comes to uh, protests as well as your capacity to make a difference as far as this country is concerned with your vote. And this is one thing that I really, really want to stress as far as that is concerned. I want to let you all know that, of course, uh, last week uh, we are at it again as far as uh, protest is concerned. Uh, in Kenosha, Wisconsin, as far as our brother, uh, Jacob Blake Jr. And I've come to find out that he has connections here in Charlotte. As a matter of fact, uh, it has been shared with me that his aunt um, is a disciple here at St. Paul Church. And I'll be having some conversation with her uh, in a couple of days about some initiatives that they want to do. But unfortunately, we find ourselves at this crossroad again. Uh, prayerfully, uh, he will not die, but he is paralyzed from seven bullets in his back as he is basically walking away from police officer trying to get into his car. And regardless of what you say, regardless of how you view that, let me just say, it, it does not take seven bullets in a person's back uh, for you to deal with them. Uh, that was police brutality in one of its most heinous and hideous forms. I don't care what type of training that they may have been exposed to, it sounds to me that the training needs to change. So we find ourselves here at this juncture once again. And interestingly, three days after that, uh, a 17-year-old white boy who should not have had a uh, automatic or a semi-automatic weapon kills two people during a protest. He shouldn't even had a gun like that. He walks down the street because of his white skin, it protects him. Because God knows if it was someone black walking down the street with AR-15, he would have been apprehended, even with his hands up. So this, this basically uh, serves as a rejoinder of where we are as far as this country is concerned. God knows if we ever needed a revival, we need one now. And then the Republican National Convention 
which started here in Charlotte and then they did their thing. As 46 minus one used the White House as a prop as far as his election uh, renomination is concerned, which totally goes against tradition as well as law. Um, we just find ourselves in, in, in an interesting situation. Now, I readily admit that I'm not a person that will use the pulpit to promote partisan politics. Because anybody that knows me knows that when it comes to engaging in prophetic critique, I could go off on the Democrats as well as I can the Republicans. And I do. Because I have discovered that neither party has everything that a real Christian or a follower of Jesus Christ will want to subscribe to. However, I will readily admit there were some things that were done this past week at the Republican National Convention that just aches my soul. And every time they said, God bless America, I really wondered what God were they talking about? Because they could not have been talking about the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Could not have been talking about the God of Sarah, Rebecca, and Rachel. Could not have been talking about the God of Harriet Tubman and Frederick Douglass and Martin Luther King and Coretta Scott King and Rosa Parks. They, they, they could not have been talking about that God. And, and so we're, we're at a very critical, very critical crossroad as far as this country is concerned. We have less than 70 days to make a decision. And I need to implore to every person that is watching me to do a couple of things. Number one, I need for you to fill out your census. If you have not, please go online, fill out the census. It takes less than 10 minutes. I've done it already, did it back in April. Less than 10 minutes for you to fill out the census. Second thing I need for you to do is I need for you to go register, vote, and we're gonna vote early. Here in uh, Mecklenburg County, uh, one of the things that they're getting ready to do is expand the places where you can vote. And particularly as far as early voting is concerned, they're gonna expand that place. And I want you to know that the two weeks in October where we can engage in early voting, both Sundays will be sold to the polls Sunday here at St. Paul Church. We'll be saying more about that in the weeks to come. But we need you to register. We need you to cast your vote early. We're going to be keeping a rolling, running tab of the disciples of St. Paul that will be voting early. We don't want you to have to wait in line or wait in long lines on November the 3rd in order to vote. Now, I'm not going to tell you who to vote for. That's between you, God, and your conscience. But we need to vote. One thing I will say is this. Please, ma'am. Please, sir, and I'm repeating what I said last week. Engage in voting, but make your vote count. Don't waste your vote on someone who does not have a snowball's chance of hell in winning. Let me say that again. Don't waste your vote. We got to make each and every vote count. And in doing that, it's meaningful. I will say this. If you're able to vote, and you don't vote, you're voting. You're voting in the negation, 
and you're voting to continue what you have. All right? Here's the other thing, too. You got to be politically savvy at this time and not allow for your black icons to tell you to hold the black vote hostage. We can't play that game right now. Okay? We got to vote. We got to vote early. And we got to turn out in large numbers. This is the most critical election that I know our generation will face. And we need for you to cast your vote and to do that. In a few moments, we're going to be having prayer and we're going to be lifting up Jacob Blake Jr.'s family. But one more thing I want to share with you is this, that we need people who want to earn a little bit more money. There are opportunities for you to do that as far as a, being a poll worker. You can earn, I believe, anywhere between $12 to $15 an hour being a poll worker. And so if you would, uh, go check that out as far as Mecklenburg elections are concerned. See what is required as far as you engaging in that particular act. And you can earn some extra money as far as being a poll worker. So my brothers, my sisters, I want to encourage you right now. This is not the time to be silent with your vote. This is not the time to be silent as far as Black Lives Matter are concerned. This is not the time to be silent as far as social activism is concerned. We are who we are as far as the Church of Jesus Christ from the black church perspective. This is how we flow and this is how we roll. And I want to encourage each and every person that's watching me, uh, ally as well as those who continue to suffer because of white supremacy, racism, as well as sexism, please, ma'am, please, sir, let's get to the polls, let's vote, and let's make sure we do it early. Amen? Amen. I want to, at this time, as far as uh, other observations are concerned, I want to thank you, St. Paul, for your gift, your kindness, and generosity. We served this past Wednesday 210 families, and thank you to all of those that uh, give as far as the food pantry ministry is concerned. Let me just share in conversation that I have with our church administrator, Sister Karen Archibald, is that we're seeing, of course, these numbers go up. Felicia Knowles and her crew are doing a wonderful job of serving those that are going without. One thing that we do know is that people are hurting because they don't have a job, they do not have significant income coming in. Uh, we are being inundated right now from a benevolent perspective as far as people needing help with rent and utilities. And so uh, understand, St. Paul, that when you give, your giving goes to give support as far as that's concerned. If we continue to trend and help those that are in significant need, Unfortunately, we may run out of our benevolent allotment by the end of this year. And understand, we just started a new budget year. So pray for us as we try to help people give uplift as far as that is concerned. And of course, I'll be having a conversation with our board on what we're going to do uh, if we need to enhance our benevolence capacity in the days and weeks to come. I also want to thank each and every one of you who joined us for a quick 15 this past week on Wednesday. It was great to hear many of you all on that call with us, and we thank God 
for you joining us. On next Sunday, we're going to start having communion again. And so today, between the hours of one and three, we invite you, if you have not, to come and get your communion elements, to pick up your Sunday morning live literature, as well as to drop off food for our food pantry ministry. So at one o'clock, we're going to start that. Our deacons, as well as teachers for Sunday morning live, as well as persons to help uh, take your goods into the food pantry will be here between one and three. I will be outside to greet people that I haven't seen in a long time. And so at one o'clock, we look forward to you joining us. So as soon as service is over, if you have not given, if you have not received your communion elements, come to the church and we'll be here to greet you as far as that is concerned. Of course, today is homecoming Sunday and I am asking those who can to give a sacrificial offering of $100 as far as uh, homecoming is concerned. This is $100 above your tithes and your offerings. And so we're asking those who can to join us as far as that's concerned. Today is homecoming Sunday. I'll be presenting the preacher in just a moment. And then on tomorrow night, we will have a virtual revival. So from 7 o'clock to 8.15, virtual revival will be taking place. Tomorrow night, it will be the Reverend Dr. Jesse Williams, the pastor of the Convent Avenue Baptist Church. We're going to be here in the sanctuary leading you in worship, and we will be bringing him on to preach. And then Tuesday night, the Reverend Dr. Jerry Carter will join us as far as the preaching moment is concerned. And so we're asking that you would join us from 7 o'clock to 8.15. I think we just about got this thing down to a 75-minute service. It's going to be um, uh, uh, no fluff. We're coming straight as far as praise and worship is concerned and the Word of God is concerned. So join us tomorrow night and Tuesday night from 7 to 8.15 as far as our virtual revival is concerned. Amen? Amen. Amen. As we move forward... As far as our worship experience is concerned, we're going to ask if you would prepare to go to the Lord in prayer. And there are several prayer concerns that we want to bring before you and to make you uh, aware of as far as our time together is concerned. I want to let you all know that the family of Sister Josephine Simon, she's the mother of Deacon Barbara Lee. Her homegoing service will be this Thursday at 1 o'clock at the New Zion AME Church in Wasaka, South Carolina. We also want to lift up the family of Sister Disciple Lenny R. McMillan. She is the mother of Disciple Monica McMillan. Her services were this past Friday. The family of Sister Disciple Sandra Harden, the mother of Sister Talia Harden. She was funeralized last week in Lexington, Kentucky, the family of Casey Johnson, the mother of Deacon James Johnson, the family of Brother Solomon Drawhorn III, the nephew of disciple Deborah Atkinson. We also want to lift up Jacob Blake, uh, Teddy Hilton, Eugene Irby. Uh, these are non-disciples, but they're in the hospital. We also want to continue to lift up Reverend Grace Ridgeway and Reverend Dr. Monica Redman. We want to continue to lift them up in our prayers. And as we lift them up in our prayers, I'm going to ask that Reverend uh, Marco McNeil will come and he will take us to the throne of grace. Let us pray. 
God of grace, God of mercy, God of love. We are here right now thanking you for allowing us to be in this place. God, we confess to you right now that we may not have gotten everything right in our past. But God, we thank you for your grace. We thank you for your mercy. We know that you have heard all of the names that have been called. We know that you knew the situation before their names were ever called. So God, right now, we're asking that you move in those situations. The Blake family, the McMillan family, our country, oh God, needs a portion of your peace. Yes. Grant us your peace, oh God. Place the love that you have in the hearts of everyone in this world. Because God, you know that we need it. So God, as we're here, we thank you for what you're getting ready to do through all of us. We thank you for mending broken hearts. We thank you for bringing families back together. We thank you, oh God, for just being God. So while we're here, we're going to carefully give your name all of the glory, all of the honor, and all of the praise. Because we know it is in you that every good and perfect gift comes. So God, while we're here, we thank you. We just want to say that we love you, oh God. We adore you and we will forever give your name the praise. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen, 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 amen. Do me a favor if you would celebrate the mere fact that you believe that this prayer is going to be answered by our God. Amen, 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 amen. Before uh, I ask you uh, to give, let me just apologize to all of those who were part of our Sunday morning live uh, this morning we had some major technical difficulties as far as go to meeting is concerned and so this is one of the reasons why I, I maintain that technology would never completely take over the world by virtue of the fact that every now and then glitches like this will happen and again this is another reason why there are just some things technology will never ever be able to replace however until then this is how we have to flow as far as our gatherings are concerned so we apologize for that. That was not on St. Paul's end. That was on Go to Meeting uh, end. And of course, uh, I have put Deborah on that to track that down and make sure we get some sense of a refund for that major glitch as far as today is concerned. And so we want to apologize to you all as far as that is concerned. And hopefully and prayerfully next week, we'll be back as far as our Sunday morning live is concerned without those particular issues, amen. It's time to give. And let's give God praise for the wonderful ability to be a blessing as far as our giving is concerned. Uh, again, we're asking those who can to give an extra $100 above your normal tithes and offerings as far as this is concerned. As we prepare to give, let me just first of all state that if there's anyone who is out there watching us live, 
you do not have any significant income coming in. That means you've lost your job, you've been furloughed, you've been laid off, you're joining unemployment and it's taken everything that you can to make it. We're not expecting you to give. If you desire to give, if you desire to give out of your poverty, if you desire to give out of your sense of lack, God is going to bless you in immeasurable ways. But that's not, as pastor, not my uh, expectation. But for those of us who still have some income coming in, uh, this is where the strong is expected to bear the infirmities of the weak. And St. Paul, you all have been just absolutely incredible as far as your giving is concerned since this pandemic has hit us. Absolutely incredible. Absolutely incredible. However, we also have people from all across the country who have partnered with us and who are giving in extraordinary ways. And so we thank God for you. So here's the deal. As we prepare to give, there are three ways you can give here. First of all, you can send your check or money order to the church, 1401 Allen Street, Charlotte, 28205. Or if you want to drop off your offering, call the church first. Make sure someone is here to receive your offering. And then you can bring your offering to the church. So that's one way. Second way you can give is by going to our website and giving as far as the giving links are concerned. Push the giving link and it will tell you how to proceed with your giving. The third way you can give is through the app called Givelify. You can download that app to your smart device. Uh, search for St. Paul Baptist Church, Charlotte, North Carolina. You ought to see this beautiful sanctuary. That means you have the right St. Paul. And so as we prepare to give, I'm getting ready to take us to the Lord in prayer. I just want to thank personally Brother Wayne Stitt, who gave me his $100 for homecoming last week. I got that $100 right now, and I'm getting ready to put that in as far as his offering is concerned. So thank you. Uh, you all aren't here, but Jerry Clark is coming to get the offering in his mask right now. I wish you could see him looking like a mask bandit right now. Amen. 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 So do me this favor. If you would take your offering, put it in your right hand, raise it to the Lord. We want to give God what's right, not what's left. And let's go to the Lord in prayer. God, we thank you for this wonderful opportunity to partner with you as far as giving is concerned. God, continue to touch the hearts of the people that are part of the St. Paul Church and allow for them through their largesse of generosity. Be a blessing to the work here at the St. Paul Church. God, for others who may not be a part of our church, but who watch us and partner with us, we thank you for them, oh God. God, bless those who are giving as far as biblically is concerned through tithes and offerings. Bless those who may not necessarily be giving biblically, but they're trying to give something. And then, God, I'm asking that for those who don't have a job, but they feel led to give, if you would, out of their lack, bless them in immeasurable ways. Take these gifts of of, of ours, oh God, bless them in a Godful way so that we can continue to do your work, be a witness for you in this world, and show and share your word through preaching and teaching. It's in the name of your son, Jesus the Christ, we pray, and in his name we claim it done. Amen. So if you would go ahead and give, I want to introduce our preacher for this hour before our choir come and blesses us with song. Amen. Amen. So as you give, this is something new that we're doing as far as um, church is concerned. We're having virtual homecoming. Of course, my preacher is not here, but he's sending 
and sharing the sermon that has been prepared for us. And so he is none other than my friend and my brother beloved, the Reverend Dr. Freddie James Clark. Dr. Freddie James Clark, of course, is the founder and pastor of the Shalom Church City of Peace in Florissant, Missouri. Dr. Clark has been preaching the gospel for a long, long time, and he is a gifted preacher of the Lord. When I got to St. Louis, he was one of the first preachers I knew when I got there, and he befriended me, and we have a relationship that has been forged over the last 20 plus years. He is a friend and a big brother beloved, and he is a preacher par excellence. He's a graduate of Bishop College, Bishop College in Dallas, Texas. He earned his Master of Divinity and his Doctor of Ministry degree from Eden Theological Seminary in Webster Grove, Missouri. And he has also been honored to receive an honorary doctorate in divinity from Eden in 2017. Serves as uh, board of directors for several entities as far as the St. Louis area is concerned, particularly with Christian Hospital. Uh, he has had two sermons that have been published in journals. His leadership in civic, personal, and health-related concerns, both locally and nationally, are renowned. One thing that I can say, Dr. Clark, back in 2008, had a vision to unite black men to march against violence in the St. Louis area. And I was privileged, I was blessed to serve with him as uh, one of those persons that brought that vision into fruition. And so he tagged me to being his spokesperson. And so me and a couple of other people will go around and do the, the, the pressers as far as that's concerned. And because of his vision, on the first Sunday of June 2008, we had over 20,000 black men on a Sunday afternoon in the heat of June marching against violence in our community. And that was a turning tide for the St. Louis area. In fact, that kind of laid the foundation for some other things that took place even when Mike Brown incident came to fruition. So I want to present to you after our choir sing our preacher for the hour. He's none other than the Reverend Dr. Freddie James Clark. Pray for him, pray with him that this word that he has prepared will be received and we will, of course, apply it to our hearts as well as to our life. God bless you and we look forward to sharing with you after the sermon. Shall 
thus far. Pray your blessings on uh, the preached word. Second uh, Samuel chapter 23 verses 1 to 7. The NIV translation reads, these are the last words of David, the inspired utterance of David, son of Jesse, the utterance of the man exalted by the Most High, the man anointed by the God of Jacob, the hero of Israel's songs. The Spirit of the Lord spoke through me, his words was on my tongue. God of Israel spoke, the rock of Israel said to me, when one rules over people in righteousness, when he rules in the fear of God, he is like the light of morning at sunrise, on a cloudless morning like the brightness after rain that brings grass from the earth. If my house were not right with God, surely he would not have made with me an everlasting covenant. Arranged and secure in every part, surely he would not bring to fruition my salvation and grant me my every desire. But evil men all to be cast aside like thorns, which are not gathered with the hand, Whoever touches thorns uses a tool of iron or the shaft of a spear. They are burned up where they lie. This concludes our reading. This is the word of God. I believe it's true. The grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of our God 
shall stand forever. Again, I solicit your prayers this morning. I lift for a theme to guide our preaching last words. These are the last words of David. Last words are extremely important, or at least they should be. The examination of one's entire life is available with their last words. These words are not uttered from a place of emptiness, but have been pondered and savored in silence verbalized privately with the right tonation so when spoken lands in the right place. I like watching news-centered shows where the conversations are perspective-layered and at the end of the program they are asked to give final comments. Uh, they are asked to give last words. Preachers come to the end of that presentation and announce, they announce it by saying something like, I'm closing now. With all of the signals of this being last words, but it always ends up being one more thing. This poem in 2 Samuel 23, 1 through 7 is not really the last words of David. But this is kingly words and works of David that include his messianic identity. The last words of David are found in 1 King chapter 2 where he is given layers of command to Solomon about governing responsibilities. These words really lack the normal sensitivity that would go along with their being last words. It seems that the text before us gives us an opportunity to imagine the social hope of royal power and God's divine commitment to everlasting covenant. Uh, the story of David is well known. He is perhaps the most dominant figure in the history of Israel. Only Moses may be as recognized. It is David's charisma that really holds the attention of Israel. In verse 1 of the text, we discover that David is the son of Jesse. He is the eighth and youngest son of Jesse. Well, for all that means, it really means nothing other than it seems that the place where God starts is always with nothing. That David is the youngest son of Jesse who tends sheep. Physically, he is ruddy, 
with fine appearance and handsome features that his biology is the first word we have about David that he is God exalted and anointed by the God of Jacob Jacob with all of his struggles is finally named Israel Israel has its foundation in Jacob and now will be governed by David who is the anointed of the Lord and so in 1 Samuel 16 12 and 13 so he uh, he sent and had him brought in he was ready with a fine appearance and handsome features then the Lord said rise and anoint him he is the one so Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the presence of his brothers and from that day on the spirit of the Lord came upon David in power that David is approved by God brothers and sisters before he is placed he is anointed before he is given an appointment that the spirit of the Lord was with David that David's identity is formed by God that he may be Jesse's son but he is also God's instrument and it is David who really creates music for Israel the spirit of the Lord spoke through David his words were on his tongue that David speaking like a prophet would speak when the word of the Lord came upon them However, the work of the prophet is not just as an orator, but it's vocational. And as a prophet figure, David speaks. And then as an exalted figure, David leads. That there is never word without work there is never an articulation without a demonstration this is what is said to David from the rock of Israel when one rules over people justly ruling in the fear of God is like the light of morning like the sun rising on a cloudless morning gleaning from the rain on the grassy land brothers and sisters when there is just leadership there is the blessing of sunshine and cloudless mornings and rain that will cause the grass to grow this is the renewal of hope and prosperity favor and fertility it is not only who David is, but it's what he does that brings prosperity to the nation. A 
A wise leader is one who recognizes that God is really the source of all life. That wise leaders are committed to, to justice. And so with that, I'm led to say that the purpose of the church is to reveal an alternative way of perceiving and living in the world. The thoughts of some is that social transformation would be left to God's unraveling. And I might add that that's a contradiction to the gospel of Jesus Christ that it is important that the church integrates the liberating message of Jesus Christ as her mission in the world. That there has to be a constant hermeneutic of justice that speaks against the ongoing narrative of self-interest power grasping that keeps the principles of oppression in place that we have to be clear that the world of the oppressed and the world of the oppressor is not the same world. The oppressed has a sense of a sharpened imagination to rethink possible, to see things that are not as though they are that our imagination brings us to the place of social change. We live with the realities, brothers and sisters, of systematic injustices. That the state of the nation has been uncovered and the discovery is that there are really two Americas. One for the prosperous and one for the poor. It is the haves and the have-nots personified. It is the haves and the have-nots on steroids. If there is a moving toward any form of equality, it will only happen when we have godly leadership. So, um, uh, March on Washington in 1963 for uh, voters' rights and a stance against discrimination happened because we had just leadership. In 1965, the voters' right bill was signed by LBJ, Lyndon B. Johnson, because at the time we had in place uh, just leadership. There is the Affordable Care Act that offers health care to all persons, the ACA, known as Obamacare. Now, we have that because at the time we had just leadership. That leadership matters. If we were all together uh, in this place, I would ask you to just say that with me, that leadership matters. When there is godly leadership, there is the light of the morning sunshine and the brightness after the rain that causes the grass to grow. 
that happens when there is just leadership because leadership matters. Lion King follows the adventure of a young lion, Simba, who was to follow his father, Mafusa. He was to follow his father to the throne. However, there was this wicked uncle who wanted that seat as well. And so he arranged a wild beast stampede that killed Mafusa, sending Simba into exile. As Scar, the uncle governed, there was a drought in the land that was decay bringing Simba out of exile and when he returned he restored everything because leadership matters that in our country uh, leadership in our various communities ought to lead us to vote by any means necessary it seems that there is this effort to suppress the vote, but leaders in our community ought to move us to ready ourselves to be prepared to vote in November no matter what. So we're going to have to mask up, do whatever we have to do to make sure that we uh, cast our ballot for good leadership. Now, I don't want to go off script and try to make a determination what's good leadership and what's bad leadership. I think uh, we've been around for the last three years going on four to be able to make the difference. But just let me say in passing that good leadership really prefers bouquets rather than bombs bridges rather than walls, liberation rather than oppression. It's interesting, when you get time, I want you to read verses six and seven because it really speaks to the results of what we get when we are under bad leadership. I move to this last point here and I pray that it will bless you like it has blessed me that really almost in the form of a question, David says in verse five, if my house were not right with God, surely he would not have made with me an everlasting covenant arranged and secured at every part. Surely he would not bring to fruition my salvation and grant me my every desire. It is almost as if uh, David is questioning really his stance with God. Maybe David submits this in the form of a question because he is aware of his leadership breakdown that David knows with all of his royal grasping that he is flawed and compromised. That the instrument that God has chosen 
really seeks at time to sing his own song, to praise his own name, and to abuse the power that God had given him. Now I use the metaphor of music with David because David was a musician. But like David, every life at time hits some bad notes. That every life like David has a tendency to go off script. That David was shaped by God. David was anointed by God. David was gifted by God. David was adored by God. But David is flawed. Flawed like every person that's under the sound of my voice. Flawed like every person that would want to do good but discovered that evil is always present. However, it's in the failures that we start to understand that instruments are made, that they are not self-sustainable, that instruments when used need a tune-up, instruments need uh, doctoring on, and David like every other human before him and after him discovered that he needed something more than himself. That there are times even when we get impressed with ourselves, we discover that there's always something that we cannot handle. Something that is bigger than we are. And it's at that point that we ought to discover through our creative imagination that the creator holds everything together. So the blessing for David is that he fell because in falling he discovered that uh, it was only because God had anointed him and kept him and empowered him that he was able to move forward. Sometimes we can't find ourselves until we lose ourselves. Sometimes it's the defeats in our lives that make us ready to move toward victory. Well, we start to see that even if we don't accomplish what we've been after, at least we tried. Because our perspective has changed. And we know that the Creator holds everything together. It is God who is faithful. And God continues to work toward His purpose in our life using flawed instruments. It is, it is God who makes it happen. Yes, He calls us, but we are not the last word in what God wants to do. That that many of us have gone to the store and we've purchased some uh, some items and uh, the person behind the counter uh, would ask us as they ring ring us up about what we just purpose purchased do we want a extended warranty uh, they they ask us that and 
it all depends on how much we value what it is we are purchasing uh, whether or not we get the extended warranty that uh, brothers and sisters on today God has given himself an extended warranty that that his is is not a contract his is a covenant that with contracts they can be broken and I don't want to pause to just say that all of us need to be glad that our relationship with God is not contractual because if it were contractual we would be out of the best relationship that we would ever experience because every time you look around we find ourselves breaking the contract but thanks be to God that he has an extended warranty and that warranty is in small print in the covenant and this is his agreement between two unequals. It's, it's, the, it's the only partnership that will never make sense that God, the creator of the universe, this God who put the stars in place and the moon uh, divided the waters, divided the days, this God who is responsible for everything has entered into covenant with you and I. We, we bring nothing to the occasion because every time you look around, we're having a spiritual breakdown on God. We say one thing, but we're never able to live up to it. And God enters into the covenant knowing we cannot live up to it. And so I wonder why there are people who gather understanding the covenant and after understanding the covenant can sing songs that uh, utter words about the blood that never loses its power and you can't get excited about it. It would be different if we could save ourselves, but we cannot save ourselves. That's all right because God has it in the covenant that he was going to make provisions. And so God, his extended warranty for humanity is found in Jesus Christ who with the sixth word from the cross, hallelujah, in that series of, of final sayings, of final words, it's from the cross that we hear Jesus saying, it is finished. He didn't say, I am finished. He, is, he said, it is finished. I'm doing what David could not do. In fact, I'm really the greater David. That, that God had me in mind when he looked at David as a model for Israel. But I'm not coming just to save Israel. Yeah, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoso ever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And so Jesus 
fully understood the implications of the moment and what it meant for all humanity. Uh, and so not everyone can talk about finished work. Uh, but Jesus did it. God blessed him to do it. Even on the cross where he hung his head and died. And they put him in a ballroom tomb. And then God got him up three days later with all power, heaven and earth in his hand. That God honored the work of Jesus and his work is our final word. And so if you're looking for word today, our final word is in Jesus Christ. He's the one who woke us up this morning. He's the one who started us on our way. He's the one who has us in our right mind. He's the one that keeps a roof over our head. He's the one that keeps us spread on our table. Is it anybody here? No, my Jesus. Have you tried him? If you tried him, then you know he's all right. If you're not too mean and you're not ashamed, you need to open up your mouth wherever you are throw back your head don't be ashamed and start to thank God for everything that God has done he's alright ain't he I said he's alright ain't he he's alright ain't he he's alright ain't he he's alright ain't he ain't God alright My heads are bowed and eyes are closed. Eternal and everlasting God. We thank you for this privilege of. Wow. Wow. Wherever you may be right now, can you celebrate and give God praise for that mighty word? The last word. The last word. Thank you, Dr. Clark. I'm, I'm mighty afraid that if you were present, we would probably be running around the church right now as far as that powerful word is concerned. And so uh, I want to thank you for the prophetic, the priestly, and the pastoral aspects that you brought as far as that preach word is concerned. And it's my prayer that those who have heard this word will apply as far as our hearts are concerned. There was a message for justice in there. There was a message, a call to action, which is to vote. There was a message as far as us caring for one another. So I want to thank you, Dr. Clark, for you taking time out to share with us here at the St. Paul Church the word that God has given us for such a time as this. Listen, for those of you all that are checking us out on screen, I want you to know that, of course, as we try to make adjustments and we try to do this work virtually, that we have been able to lead people to Christ virtually. We've been accepting persons as part of our fellowship virtually. Of course, in the days and weeks ahead as we move forward, as far as one day coming back, as far as 
uh, live worship is concerned, where we have people in the sanctuary, where we have a crowd in the sanctuary, that we will be, of course, utilizing what we call this hybrid model of virtual and physical. Uh, it is uh, what uh, Dr. Uh, James White called the digital aspect, the physical and the digital, the merging of the two. And so we have people who are joining our church from across the country, as well as locally. We have people who are being led to Christ from across the country and locally. And I want to, at this time, to let you know that the last word, the last physical embodiment of word is none other than Jesus Christ. If you have Jesus Christ in your life, you have the last word. You have the very word of God operating, moving, empowering, and enriching your reality. And so what I want to do at this time is extend to you this wonderful opportunity to have a relationship with the God of this universe by accepting Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. So if you would, bow your heads in prayer, and then I will let you know what you need to do following this prayer. All heads bowed and all eyes closed. And if you would, repeat this prayer after me. God, I want a relationship with you. I believe you sent Jesus to die for my sins. I believe that Jesus Christ died on a cross. And I believe that three days later, you raised him from the dead. I place my trust in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Thank you, God, for the gift of salvation. Now, God, forgive me of all my sins. Send your spirit into my life so I can live for you. I want to trust you. I believe in you. And I thank you for your son, Jesus Christ. And now I claim him as Lord and Savior. It is in his name I pray this prayer. Amen. Amen. As you lift your head from prayer, for those that have just prayed that prayer, and you want a relationship with Jesus Christ. If you meant that prayer in your head and your heart, you meant that prayer in your mind and your spirit, guess what? You're saved. Is it really that easy? Yes, because salvation is not based upon your works. It is based upon your faith. If you meant that prayer in your head and your heart, salvation is yours. It's just that instant. But then you're also called to now grow. That's discipleship. So check this out. If you want to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior on Facebook, type salvation. One of our digital ministers will message you or send an email to us at connect at spbcnc.org. That's how you can let us know if you want salvation. If you want to become a part of our church, you want to become a part of our church, you say, listen, I'm saved. I want to join the St. Paul Baptist Church. Guess what? Type in Connect on Facebook or on YouTube. 
One of our digital ministers will message you or email connect at sbbcnc.org and they will let you know what the next steps will be. You can join us online and I will be your digital pastor. Someone will contact you before five o'clock tomorrow to let you know what the next steps will be. Or if you're in the area temporarily and you just want to hang out with us through Watch Care, same thing. Just type in Watch Care and someone will get in touch with you. Listen, I am excited about your future. I'm excited about your life. We're getting ready to close out. But as Scott played this song, I don't know, Scott, are y'all ready? Y'all want to sing this song? You're just playing it, right? Okay, amen. So guess what we're getting ready to do? We're getting ready to close out as far as our worship experience is concerned. But this is what I need you to do. Make your way to the church. Come receive your communion elements. Come receive your Sunday school books. Come and drop off food goods to help our food pantry. I'm going to be outside. I'll greet you. It'll be great to see you all. We're looking forward to you being a blessing to us as, us, as we are a blessing to you. So I'm going to ask those who are in the sanctuary, stand on your feet. We're getting ready to have the benediction. And we will see those that will join us at 1 o'clock. And now unto him who is able to keep us from falling and to present us faultless before the presence of our glory, of your glory with all exceeding joy. Holy God, our Savior, be glory and majesty, dominion and power both now and forevermore. Amen. Listen. We look forward to you joining us tomorrow night at 7 o'clock for Dr. Jesse Williams and then on Tuesday night at 7 o'clock to hear Dr. Jerry Carter. Thank you all so much. Thank you, Dr. Freddie Clark and those who work with him at Shalom. Grace and peace be yours. I miss you all. I love you all. God loves you even more. Take care and God bless. I thank God.